I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I love kids' kids' jokes too, you know? Like the, uh, <laughs> like the cowboy that goes to the doctor and he says to the doctor, Doc, he said, I don't feel so well. The doctor says, how long has this been going on? He said, about a year. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that lovely? (laughs) Welcome to the Humorology Podcast with me, Paul Barros, and my glittering lineup of guests from the worlds of business, sport, and entertainment who are going to share their wisdom and their use of humour with you. Humorology is the study of how humour can dramatically improve your business and your life. Humorology puts the fun into business fundamentals, increases the value of your laughing stock, and puts a punchline back into your bottom line. Please remember to like, subscribe and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. My guest on this edition of the Humorology podcast is a multi-award winning chef, entertainer and fabulously fun force of nature. After almost three decades as one of the country's favourite TV chefs, he is mononymous. Meaning that like Britney, Beyonce and Bjork, he is one of that rare breed of stars who is identifiable by one name only. Probably still best known for his 21 series of Ready Steady Cook, and with many solo primetime cooking series under his belt, he's become a master of the fresh, fun, accessible cuisine. If it's charisma and warmth you're after, with a little bit of laughter, he's the one that you want on your speed dial. Ainsley Harriet. (laughs) <laughs> Welcome to the Humorology Podcast, well, mate. I love that. Brittany and Bjork. Going back to our comedy store days and jongleurs and all the, uh, the places we played around the world. Actually, I, you've just, uh, we didn't, we never explained earlier on, we, we played at 3,000 feet. Because we 30,000 30,000 feet. 30,000 feet. 30, feet, we were in a parachute. <laughs> 33,000 30, feet, yeah. we're now running at 33,000 feet. Oh, we yeah. did play at 33,000 yeah. feet, uh, yeah. going to Miami and to New York, uh, uh, we, we played. Is that the weirdest place you've ever played on a plane? Well, yeah, people talk about the Mile High Club. I think that's it. You know, performing and with uh, shakers, maracas, guitar and everything else up there, that was amazing. And the, the, because of the sound, of that, that kind of hollow sound that you get inside an aircraft, it was amazing, though, being able to 
perform and sing and bring some joy to people and um, you know and, and the captain turning around and saying that's fantastic and everyone saying how much they enjoyed their flight. We went in and did a little song for the captain in yeah. the days when you could get into the cockpit. Yeah. We did a little, uh, yeah, a little yeah. number for the captain. They I loved remember. it. Yeah. Oh. And, and the co-pilot. Or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing, wasn't yeah, it? Lovely. So what makes you laugh? I mean, in terms of comics and, um, and people and, 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 well... Children, mainly. I mean, I love uh, my dog who's consistently barking out in the garden now because he's, uh, by the way, he's a... Uh, Should we let him in? He's a little bit wet. He could, uh, yeah, he could, he could come in if he wants. Come on in, Bob. Come on in. Come on in. And just walk past. Come here. Come here. That's it. Yeah. He's just going off there. Hello. How are you? Hey? Yeah. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. And up you go. Say hello to everybody. This is Bobby. You all right, Bobby? Bobby's very wet and, um, uh, oh my God. You, oh, look at this drips. Look, sorry, uh, sorry guys. This will go all over for 30 seconds. I think we'll use this towel here and we'll give him a very quick rub. That's, that's I'll put this towel straight into the wash afterwards. This was for your hands. Yet yeah, you, are one very, very wet dog, and I love you. There you go. Right. <laughs> right, goodbye. Go, go. Bloody wet floor. Look at all of this. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> this is what happens sometimes when you have a pet dog. No, we don't want you here anymore. Go on, out. Put this in the wash. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Can he get through there? Yeah, he can. Yeah. Oh, we now what were we talking about, Tooks? We were. Oh, what makes you? Uh, what makes you laugh? What makes me laugh? I I think that. Oh, uh, come and sit down. We need you. In the I shop. know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. This, it really is. It really is. Isn't it? I think you know what really makes me laugh is children. I think children are so. Uninhibited, they don't care. You know, they just, they just love. Um, children just kind of, they're so innocent. You know, they, they, it's not programmed or anything else. What comes to light really comes to light. If they've got something to say, they've got something to say. I love kids, kids jokes too, you know. Like the, uh, <laughs> like the cowboy that goes to the doctor and he says to the doctor, Doc, he said, I don't feel so well. And the doctor says, how long has this been going on? He said, about a year. <laughs> Isn't that lovely? <laughs> it's just so simple. I a kid telling me the joke. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a bit like the pandemic, isn't it? Yeah, there you go. Oh, oh wonderful. That's a brilliant gag. Yeah. Really... Oh. <laughs> We worked with most of the, the great comics of the era. Mm. I mean, over sort of nine years, we worked with, you know, all the Jack Dees, the, the yeah, Julian yeah. Clarys, the Paul Mertens and everything like Alan that. Alan Davises. Alan Davises. Yeah. Who are, I mean, it may not be from the era we worked with them, but, but who are the people that make you laugh? It's, it's, it really is a, you know, we talk about um, that whole period of, going through schooling and uh, I used to come round to 
our friends that we were at school with and these like your Monty Pythons, you guys loved your Monty Pythons, which I found quite funny, but I think there was not much choice. And then I was released um, for a friend of mine, Robin Dawson, um, to Richard Pryor, which was only on an album, so blue, so filthy, but so exciting at the time because I'd never heard anything like that before. So, you know, in the old days, it was Richard Pryor that sort of, uh, you know, brought humour like you'd never heard anything like that before. It was exciting, it was uplifting, it was about you, it was about being black and, you know, the challenges and everything else. It just, uh, and you found a way of laughing at it. And we all do, you know, it's like sickness. If you can find a way around laughing at things sometimes or death, it's just a way of dealing with it. Sometimes it's a, it's a, it's a release for a lot of people. Um, but later on, you, you know, you mentioned someone like Alan Davis. I think we were at the Comedy Store for his very first gig. Yeah. And, and, you know, it was just unbelievable for someone to walk on and to catch a room, a room like that. You know, a lot of the old pros that just kind of have a bit of a routine that they've, they've been doing for years and still funny. But, you know, Tom, Tommy Cooper never changed his act. You know, he did the same act everywhere he went, but yet... What a funny person. Talk about how people are funny. He was just funny. Just the look of him. I know he looked a bit clumsy, but he was just funny. And so it's, uh, you know, what makes me laugh today? I'm, I say children because a lot of modern day comics just doesn't, doesn't, I don't connect with it. I don't see, you know, I don't have that same belly laugh. But I wonder if it's something to do with me getting a little bit older. I still yeah. get, I still laugh at stuff, but... Sometimes when you're young and it's the first time you go somewhere and someone swears on stage, it is so funny. And, you know, for us now, having done thousands and thousands of times, you know, give me something else. What, what else makes me laugh? But funny is just funny. Sometimes we sit down here and have a breakfast on a Saturday morning and we are giggling at, I don't know what, nothing. We look back at something we did at school once or call each other a certain name or something that might have happened just walking down the road and we just look at each other and we have the same kind of understanding and there's something really special about that being with a mate and just not having to what was that wonderful thing that David Niven said all those years ago he said one of the most comforting things he says is that uh, you can tell when you are with a really close friend because you, you feel no pressure in the silence it can just be utterly silent. You don't feel any pressure. I don't need to say anything. If I just want to sit here and be silent, I could be silent with them. And then when I'm ready to say something, I can say it. There's no pressure. Yeah. But you can always tell when you, you don't feel right when you're with someone and then you kind of think, what should I say now? What should I do now? Or, oh, sorry, I've got to go. I'll look at the time. You know, that type of thing. Whereas uh, real friendships, you don't... You don't, you, you don't even have to think about it. You know, they can use your downstairs loo. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, lovely. Oh, it reminds me. But, but we do laugh like children. And, and all our, because we have known each other so long, all our girlfriends have always said, and our wives have always said, you're just like two kids, I know, exactly. even to this day. Yeah. And we do have that thing. And God, I think that's the most wonderful thing, to laugh like children I know. is I joyous, know. Know. isn't it? And just, oh, 
God, absolutely. And that tears laughter. Yeah. yeah. You know, we occasionally have that tear laughter, which, uh, let's face it, you do, it's hard. It's hard to find that now. That's what I'm saying. You know, what makes you laugh? It's sometimes just the closeness of the friend or something like that. Or it can be my dog. You know, he can well, do the strangest things. But also, things. we've been through such amazing experiences from school to stage to traveling to everything and you were mentioning Richard Pryor and actually do you remember that we're 1920 we were that kind of age we we actually went and 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 saw we saw Richard Pryor oh. in where was it what's the name Benny Harney's Benny Harney's at the Japanese yeah. restaurant in Los Angeles and we were like, oh my God, it's God, like it's a so superstar, exciting. wasn't well, it? Well, he was, he was a superstar. He was doing all the movies at the time. He had his albums out there and uh, and we were like sharing a table. But, you know, today we'd have been sort of taking photographs, videos and TikTok this, that and everything else. But it oh. was just special. Wouldn't it be know? great to have a photo oh. of us with Richard Pryor oh, in, in well. those days? But we didn't have cameras. We, we had so many people that we met over the years and you didn't have a camera to take a photograph. We just didn't have it. Do you remember from Los Angeles, we went down to um, Las Vegas. Oh, what? What a trip that oh, was. Well, where did we stay at? The Stardust. The Stardust Hotel. <laughs> and we looked all flash at the front. And then, oh. and then uh, we realised that we had to walk about a mile and a half to get to our room, which was right out the back. And it was like the worst motel you could ever see. It was awful because it was like, yeah, I think they were saying, uh, uh, 20, $29.99, the bucks. <laughs> we thought, $29.99, they stay at the Stardust. <laughs> we went through one door, another door, out the back. <laughs> it was really it was, those cabins. Yeah, were, with, and it, with the, uh, with the uh, what's his name, system, the, um, uh, what do you call it, air conditioning system, rattle. <laughs> 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 and if, yeah, if you kept it on, you couldn't sleep. Yeah, that was right. I don't, do you remember that we spent all our our money, a week's worth of money, because we, we went to see Frank Sinatra? Oh, of course we did. I think it was like 50 buck tickets or something like that. That's right. And it was unbelievable. And we sat... Did we sit next to his, what is his wife? His wife. It was his wife's birthday. And Nancy Sinatra opened for him. Oh, wonderful. Do you remember? Wonderful. And everything. And, and you... You actually slipped twenty bucks, which was a night's a night's very sleep, nice tip to get us right down the front, and we saw Frank Sinatra mm. close up. Oh, it was, it was yeah. just the most extraordinary time, and he Fantastic. was. And what does his wife say? Uh, she turned around and I remember we said, "She, you should have seen him forty years ago." <laughs> Do you remember that? It was just like this woman who was just there. It was just like, wow, because he still had a great voice. But we saw Frank at Caesar's Palace. Yeah. Yeah. And then we went off we went off to this bar after. I remember we go to this bar to celebrate, which was a little bit a little way off the strip. And um and we were sitting there and it was probably attractive because it said two for one drinks or something <laughs> like that, you know. And we were there having a little bit of a drink, and there's a, a lovely, charming lady there that smiled a few times as they're reading a book. And we I think we assumed that she was a tourist or something reading a book. Who walks into a bar and reads a book? And um, so we started having a little bit of chats and stuff like that, just being very, very nice. And, uh, and for some reason, it was it was like we just went on this kind of thing. She started laughing. We started joking. She, I love the way you guys talk. You remember all that type of thing? We were, from, we were putting on our finest English accents, of course, and all the humour and everything else. She said, I'm having such fun. She said, I'm going to do it for 200 bucks. 
hooker. Yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> we oh, like, and we thought we were just we thought we'd just be having fun with someone. No I no we no planning of any going off to any motel room or anything like that. We were just That's having fun. Right. Well, it was like Dudley Moore in in, in in that film where he goes, You're a hooker! <laughs> And that was us. We were so innocent, oh, weren't we? Wonderful. We're everything, but great yeah. memories. Yeah, really, really, really special. Special. Loved it. Loved it. And uh, you know, Vegas is a very special place too. God, we had some fun there, didn't we? We found ways of going to play poker and drink all night. <laughs> Get free drinks. Yeah, right. No, I'm, I'm not going to play this game. I, I'm not up this round. I'll wait. Was we drink? Just, just look around <laughs> for the waiter and just like. That's, yeah, that's how we get through in Vegas. Oh, lovely. Oh, but you know, you do those things when you're young, didn't you? And then you learn, and then uh, you learn, then you go on to the £20 tables or $20 <laughs> tables, you know, because you think this is all right, you know, instead of a, a dollar in them days yeah. or something. Fantastic. Is everyone funny, or does everyone have the potential to be funny? Oh, if you're funny, you're funny, you know. And I think that it's just, uh, I've just spoken today about, you know, modern day humour and stuff like that and what people find funny and, um, you know, I've had, uh, I'd, I'd sit in a room and people would be wetting themselves laughing and I'm saying, what's funny? So I think it's, uh, it's I think we all are funny. I think it's, um, it's why it's, it's so diverse and so different, you know, what makes one laugh, you know. Uh, um, so it's, everybody is funny. It's like, I believe everybody can dance. People say they can't dance. Everybody can dance. Not, they might not do the form dance. They might do a bit of shake and stuff like that. But it's their interpretation of release and, you know, letting themselves go. Um, some people do find it difficult. You know, they cover their mouth when they laugh or they're, <laughs> they're a bit shy of it. They're, uh, which um, I really seem to sort of not make a make a beeline for those people, but it's those people I want to bring out more. I, I'd like to kind of say, because we all have the ability just to open up. You know, it's like that wonderful scene in Colour Purple when uh, um, it's Whoopi Goldberg and she keeps covering her mouth and she said, no, pull your hand away. She said, you've got the most beautiful smile. And, she, and eventually she pulled her hand away and she smiles and the teeth come out and she starts to laugh. And it's one of the most uplifting moments because it said, release. Yeah. All those years being sort of so sort of inhibited and withdrawn, it's the release, it's the freedom. And uh, smile, laughter, as we've said on many occasions, you're probably saying in uh, humorology too, that it's, it, 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 makes, it makes a difference. It can really change people, you know. It can really, you know, make people more relaxed with one another. So what would the world be like without humour, do you think? Oh, I can't, I can't, I don't even want to go there. Very dark very, very dark, lonely place um, that, uh, you know, humour, humour is everything, being able to smile, especially with your own people and stuff like that. So, yeah, it'd be a very dark place. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to think what that would be like, really. Do, do you think, because I think people have got maybe more pompous, maybe more precious over time, do you think it's important to laugh at yourself? Because uh, we go back to school days, you had to sort of um, put the joke on yourself to, you know, you know uh, uh, whether you're tall and black or short and blonde, you'd have to sort of recognise it. Well, yeah, now we look in the mirror and it's, uh, it's uh, you know, 
blonde and black. <laughs> I don't know. I just think that um, you. Uh, I just think that you know you you do look in the mirror sometimes at yourself and we see the changes. But I still I still like myself. I I look in the mirror and smile when I look in the mirror. And I know it sounds kind of weird, but I look there and say, hey. Morning to you. Come on, it's another day. You know, enjoy it. That's the. It's it's you. You have to look after yourself. You've got to. I wouldn't. Uh, love yourself. It's not like you love myself. Yeah, I'm. I, I I like to protect myself, and by protecting myself, it means you know, being nice to you, and not knocking yourself for it. What you've got, you've got. Make the best of it. You know, this is me, and um, I look in there and I said, hey, how are you doing? Come on, you know, this is it you know, bald, you know, grey round here, I put a little bit of sort of blacky pencil sometimes to kind of, you know, a, a little bit kind of, you know, just make you feel good. Whatever it is to make you feel good about yourself. You've got to live with yourself, you've got to do it. If anybody needs this lifting or that lifting or something down here or something down there, if it's going to make you feel good, do it, if you can. Because that's, we've only got ourselves. And if you can just look in that mirror and go, yeah, I'm happy with me now. Wow. Wow. Are you suggesting I get Botox? Uh, Botox too late. <laughs> <laughs> too late. <laughs> Botox. Posh. Posh. But fair. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, you worked in a variety of disciplines because, of course, when you left school, you, uh, you went to Verres and you trained and then you worked. In, and, and, but I don't think people know enough that you were a, a top chef as well in, in, in hotels um, and things. Do you think people laugh enough in the workplace? I mean, because... Uh, I think that it's, uh, there's certain people who generate laughter. You know, there's... Uh... Uh, we all go to work and we all just think that oh, that's, he's the funniest or she's the funniest or they, they are the funniest. Whoever it is, they are people that, you know, are in the workplace that just make you giggle. And they're quite often the ones that have that energy. They give off a lovely energy. You know, make the coffee. Who wants a coffee? Shall I stir it for your love? Or whatever they do, they bring a touch of humour, a touch of gentleness to the whole thing and uh, just make everything flow very, very nicely. So... Um, there, there, there is humour in the workplace. I'd like to think that, um, you know, when I was chefing in, in the hotels and restaurants, a lot of my team would just stay with me. People now, they talk about coming and staying for six months or something like that and moving on. A lot of my team stayed with me for a couple of years because I think they enjoyed the atmosphere. And my boss, uh, my old boss, Malcolm Cowan, God bless me, that must be in his, uh, his uh, late 70s now, Malcolm. What a lovely man, you know, gave me early responsibility when a lot of restaurants I'd go to and they'd see a black chef, they didn't want a black head chef there because it was just the way it was at the time. They didn't want, uh, you know, someone with, a, uh, uh, with, with, with dark skin to be running a, an established restaurant. So, you know, but Malcolm made me sous chef of the West, but he gave me an opportunity. He gave me, he gave me that belief to kind of say, you know, yeah, I'm giving you the responsibility now because I want you to create the team. I want you to make, you know, because it's all about having team spirit in the kitchen. It's not about, right, you're, you're great cooking here. Yeah, we have to make mise en place. We have to prepare in advance and stuff like that. But it's creating that team and that, you know, because you're working with each other a long time. If you're doing split duty, you're there at 
8 in the morning, you finish at 2.30 in the afternoon, you come back at 5.30, you don't finish till 11 o'clock at night. So if it's service is a bit slow, one or two might go a bit early, then you alternate it. But otherwise, it's a long day. You know, you're there for, the, 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 for, for service and you've got to, and you've got to have a, a good team spirit there. If that team spirit goes, you know, I often say if you're happy, it's reflected in the food. My mother always said that, the food smiling. And it, and it does, it's kind of, there's a lovely energy about you're putting something, you enjoy the baking, and someone, you know when someone's put love and attention into it, and then you eat it, and it's a real pleasure. It's why we love home cooking so much, because there's a lot of love that's gone into it. And I think that uh, it's reflected in the kitchen there. It's, I'm enjoying that, I'm preparing that, I've put that there. Wow, that looks good. Yeah, that sauce, that's the way it should be. That's perfection, you put it up there. You're proud of it. You might do it 50 times a night, but you're proud of it because it's, it's, it's just like, you know, that's what it's all about. And uh, Malcolm often used to say, I hate the word standard, but that's what we're after. I want standards because standard kind of means it's a bit standard. It's not, it's not, it's repeating the same thing. And uh, yeah, brought a lot of, lot of understanding, simplicity into your art and made you feel very good about it. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I, I, I think it's very interesting because I think there's a lot that any business could learn from a kitchen um, in the sense of, like, how do you bring a team together? I mean, if I would say, like, the business case for getting more humour into those environments, you would presumably agree that the, the, it, it changes the atmosphere. Mm, mm, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so 
if we were selling it to the people who run, you know, a firm of accountants, it's the same ingredients, isn't it? It's exactly the same ingredients. It's not, you know, it's um, uh, another uh, chef, Nick, Nick Navrat, who was the executive chef of all the cricket grounds in the country, he used to travel round, but I see him at Lord's, which I he used to get me to run the long room for him. And um, he was, uh, he often said the, uh, the chef, the preparation for chefs, he says, it's, it's, it's a preparation for life. It really is organisation, getting things ready for any eventuality. If things happen, you can cover it. So you don't really get stuck, God forbid, you know, if something happens and you, you do 250 covers instead of 200, fair enough. But if you're prepared for what you think is going to happen, then there's, there's, there's nothing greater than that. Having, and then finishing a service at the end. This happens twice a day, every day, okay? And if you want to include breakfast, there's three times a day. You want to include tea, there's even more. So each time it's about reproducing and coming back with the same standard, hitting it time and time and time again. And there's something really lovely about that. It's like when you go to your favourite restaurant, and I know with places you like to go to, they know the way you like it. But, but in terms of, you know, people getting a good atmosphere, and the, the right feeling in a company. There's a payback on that, isn't there? That the people, you know, will stay longer, don't you think? I mean, you just said loyal, loyalty, loyalty. That's loyalty. really interesting. It's loyalty. It's like if you, uh, you know, they'll just be loyal to you. And I looked after them, even when I had my own catering business, and I used to get the tips from for everybody. I I used to give it out. Everybody got a, a share of the tips. Some guys, some of them had never received that before because they'd get a couple of quid here and then, no, I'm spreading it out. Because without you guys, you know, a lot of people used to just keep it for themselves. Without you guys, this ain't happening. And some of the butlers that I used to hire, they used to work at places like Buckingham Palace and stuff like that, I used to get some really inside information. Oh, it was like watching the crowd with them lot. All the info that used to come out. Um, and, uh, but they used to come and work because they know I looked after them. If we're doing a really nice job, really, you know, proper job, then, um, then uh, you know, you'd hire them, pay, pay them their fee, and any tip that I got from the client was just, and it was fantastic. You looked after people, and they enjoyed it. You know, it was a real, it was a real pleasure, real, real pleasure. Well, it's, it's funny because, obviously, I've been on sets with you over the years, and, you know, you've spent a lot of your life on sets or mm. travelling around the world. That's a, a mini company, isn't it? It's it's kind of you know and what mini family. I've a mini family. Oh, you mm. see, you, even you're reframing it mm. as a family mm. rather than a company. But and so you're you're actually making it even more intimate. What do you advise people, or what do you do when you go onto a set? What what are you what are you trying to create uh, in that atmosphere? Um, good feel factor. I think we mentioned the. Uh, what you know, Maya Angelou said before about that. You know, people forget said what you do is the feel, good feel factor, and that's what you want to go away with. You want to have that feeling of feeling good, feeling wholesome inside, feeling like yeah, you might have been educated, you might have been shown something, but that feeling of um, uh, being able to go on and either recreate something or have that self belief because you're feeling good. And if you're feeling good, you have that self-belief. If you're 
meeting someone for the first time and you're chatting them up and you, you, you're having a little chat with each other, if you're feeling good, it just flows, doesn't it? It just really, really flows. And if you're not feeling good, yeah, but that's true. And I think that's something that, that, that people can take away mm. is that, that it's your job if you run a company, whatever company that is, whether you're making a television production or mm. you're running, you know, a firm of investors or you're, you know, insurance broking or a building site. What you want is you want to get an atmosphere where people want to work for you rather than have to work for you, isn't it? Yeah, and it's not, it's not always easy. I can imagine that, you know, there's t times when things just don't feel right. But, you know, um, if you're a good boss, you know, I've got a neighbour and um, I remember going to a uh, party of his a couple of years ago and I met some of his staff. And uh, I won't name names, but it just, he just said, um, oh, what a guy to work for. He's just top, top man. I'd do anything for him. And it was really weird. We're talking about guys are quite high powered. They're quite up there in a, in a very aggressive business world. But they said, I'd do anything for him. And it's because, you know, they were there. They were in that house. They were chatting and sitting around and playing with his kids and they had their kids there and they uh, it wasn't like a social thing outside no come to the home do a bit of this a bit of that and uh, another one I spoke with only just started the company but oh, yeah I've only been in a few weeks but you know he said oh he said the people are just so nice and you know and there with his um, partner and you know they they were just it was I just thought wow and he made that happen not only that, he made that happen, but it was also his wife, who I thought was fantastic too. She created, um, you know, they had this bond. She made it happen. She was very easy and, you know, one of the kids made a bit of that. Oh, don't worry about it, just clean it up. Not, get, get, not getting worked up about it. How does that, that bounces off the mother, bounces back onto that. The whole work environment, now these people, they support me regardless even when my children even when my child has made a mistake they're there to support me it makes me emotional just thinking yeah. about it but this is these are the type of things that you build you build you know you build a, the, the family unit and they want to support you everybody's successful then everybody yeah and i think it's the difference that makes a difference yeah. it's really and 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 you know we get a lot of business people listening to this podcast and 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 that's something you can really take away, mm. is build a family at, in your department, in your Build office. a little unit. Not always easy, because you're not always there, you're not always in contact with them, you're not always one-to-one -one situation. But if you're there and you filter it down, as I said, kid, wife, husband, then next, and so it goes, and then it grows, and it goes, and it goes. But you're in the centre there, the company, and it's growing. Just make it happen. That, that's the way I see it anyway. Not everybody's going to have that. We know that. Not everybody's going to be like that. And we are people that are a lot more open-minded to things. And we want, ultimately, we want people to be happy. Even when you do a gig, whatever you do, you want people to walk away and think, that was good, wasn't it? Yeah. We enjoyed that. I got something out of that. And that's what it is, that self-satisfaction of each time feeling that.
Well, yeah, I think that's what you bring to places is the feel good factor. Yeah. And and, well, and I'm gonna I'm getting bloody hungry now. Come yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm bloody starving. Well, we're only doing another eight hours. Oh, I know. We're only having sugary bun <laughs> yeah. and a cup of coffee. Um, have you ever gotten yourself? out of trouble using humour. Now, having known you all these years, I know the answer to this question. Yeah, well, you know, it's kind of, uh, it reminds me a little bit, or you say, have you ever got out of trouble using humour? It's the same as, the, I liken it to cooking. Before it becomes trouble, before my onions have over-caramelised, I've smelt it, I've sensed it, and I've put a bit of wine in there to reduce it down, and to save it. And it's one of those situations. I think before something gets completely out of control, you go, you, you think, oh, it's not going too well. It's like all of us, we've all done, we've all been in situations before where we've done gigs or we're confronted with having to speak in a conference or do something like that. And you think, this isn't quite going the way I imagined it. Well, experience will tell you, as we spoke, spoke about it earlier, is how to kind of shift it, how to just kind of turn it around a little bit and to have somewhere where you can go to that it's going to, you know, bring it back in, so you're back in control again. Because uh, if you lose that, um, I should imagine it's like a comedian going on stage and the first five minutes you fall flat on your ass, then um, you, there's nowhere to go. Yeah. There really is nowhere to go. Um, unless it's part of an act and you're saying, right, now that's over, we can get something else, which probably would be a good place to go to. But, you know, um, I never, I, I, of course I use humour. I use humour all the time. We use humour um, uh, and sometimes it, it goes it not so sweet. And maybe even when you're chatting someone up of your liking, you know, you've, you, you've met someone and you're chatting with them and, you know, you think, ugh. And then you just put your fingers up. I wish it was Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> Come back tomorrow. Yeah, Come back tomorrow. Go, okay, I know that didn't work. Oh, boy, I'll wear the right shoes tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in, in any business, is it survival of the fittest or survival of the funniest or a combination? Yeah, I think combination. Uh, uh, it's, um, I think if it's the, uh, I think if you're quite fit and you're, you're sharp, um, then it's not all just about being fitness because fitness, you can sort of drive yourself because you believe you've got more energy than everybody else. We're not all the same, we're all different. And um, humour's exactly the same again. So it's about if you can have both, we've just been talking about addressing how to create that, that, that right spirit, that right energy within your company, that if you can have a sense of to a certain degree, a sense of humour, uh, but to have a fit mind, have you know, to be really kind of switched on. I'm not talking about necessarily going down to the gym every day and being pumping and stuff like that. I'm just talking about being fresh and being open to ideas, you know, um, and opening up to people. That for me is being being a bit part of being fit too. Yeah. You know. No, I think it's important. Instead of being just driven. Yeah. Now we've reached the part of the show. Called quick fire questions. <laughs> quick fire questions. So quick fire questions Ooh. again. One other thing, we just love yeah. the jingle, don't we? Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. What's your favourite sound? Oh, favourite sound. 
Um, it's probably uh, the sound of when a, a goal's been scored from distance and you just uh, want to go down to the Emirates to watch the Arsenal and you can see something's going and you can hear 60,000 people go, ah! and the screams, the crescendo, because it builds beautifully and it suddenly explodes. And that's that feeling of you just looking at each other, screaming and shouting. And I don't know of any other time you do that. You wouldn't do that at home because your, your family would think you're mad. But sport just allows you that release. Fabulous. It's euphoria, isn't yeah. it? In a sound. Yeah. yeah. No, I love that. Mm. What person makes you smile? Oh. Or people? People, people make me smile. But when I see my children more than anything, I know they're adults now in their own right. But when I see them, I just smile. I just I, I smile. I want to smell them. I'm like a, an animal that's been out there in the wild and <laughs> snuggle them and sort of, you know, I, I, I love that. I love the, uh, I love the smile. Or I, I'd, go, uh, I'd go as far as saying when you said something um, and had a positive feedback from someone in a crowd and everybody smiles together, that, that is pretty unique. Because it's it's almost like a an electricity. It's almost like a charge of of laughter, a charge of energy. That it could just be. This is going to be a very light one, but it, collectively, it's so so powerful. Oh, it's enticing, isn't it? Mm. That, that that crowd mm. of mm. doing that together. And finally, desert island dinner party. Oh. You get to have three people from anywhere in history, present day or past. To come to your dinner parties, who is it? I probably mentioned two of them already um, throughout the course of our, our talks, or might have been at different days, but um, for me, Maya, having met her, and I actually cooked her 70th, uh, presented her with her Maya, 70th, Maya Angelou, Maya Angelou, with her 70th birthday, um, <clears throat> her 70th birthday cake, and I now have every copy of her book in my library signed by her. So that's pretty unique. She signed every one of them, of all, all the different ones. And I Know Why a Cage Bird Sings is her very first book. If you haven't, if any of people tuning into the podcast haven't read that, yeah, yeah just, just read it and you get into the whole lot. Beautiful. Um, Barack Obama. And uh, yeah, more recently, just one of those people that has come into my life, but for what he he did, and um, you know, I feel sad that he was. He, so many of his policies he, he never got through because of, you know, people. Well, people didn't want it. But um, a remarkable man. I think it's, uh, you know, again, I've spoke throughout this podcast about the way you make people feel. He makes you feel so special when you listen to him. It's you know, what did he say? I can't remember. But I was just like there, you know, and it just lifts you because it, the energy that he creates around people put you and you're part of that too. It's like a great preacher in a church or a great someone who does a sermon or something. Fantastic. And a fantastic sense of humour as well. Oh, God, That's, I mean, he is so sharp on every level. God, I can yeah. see that why you would have him at your dinner yeah. party. And finally, um, Arsene Wenger, I love Arsene there because Arsene would love those other two people. You could just see, I'd have to have that mix and um, just to be able there to talk and uh, 
having met the man myself, he's so charming and everything about him is just, um, just lovely. Just lovely, that's all I'm going to say, just lovely. The three of them and I was sitting around there. I don't know how much, I'd have to do a one pot job because I wouldn't want to leave the table. <laughs> I'll come and help you cook if I can come as well. <laughs> Sounds like the perfect dinner party. Oh, lovely. Ains, thank you so much. Oh, pleasure. Pleasure. It's, it's been great. It's been an absolute great. pleasure to Let's have you. Let's hope we send out lots of love and give people some positive energy. The Humorology podcast was hosted by Paul Barros and produced by Simon Banks. Music by Steve Hayworth, creative direction by Les Hughes, and additional research by Helen Sykes. Please remember to subscribe, like, and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a Big Sky production.